Hello, and welcome to Workforce Insights with Employ Milwaukee podcast. I'm Shaitania Brown, President and CEO of Employ Milwaukee, the local workforce development board serving Milwaukee County. So if you're familiar with Wisconsinites, then I'm sure you've heard how passionate we are about our sports team. But I've been told no one cheers louder at the Pfizer Forum than me during a close game. And when I'm trying to catch a t-shirt, the Bucks NBA Finals Championship brought a level of excitement and camaraderie to the city that hadn't been felt for quite some time. People from all over the state gathered in the Deer District to be part of that historic event. And even as our guys are facing off gold Bucks, they beat Miami last night, to bring another a championship back home, that feeling of camaraderie is beginning to surge throughout our city. As exciting as the Bucks are during a fast break, I get just as excited by their community efforts off the court. Like Employ Milwaukee, the Bucks have assembled an all-star team of people dedicated to community betterment, youth development, and promoting inclusive environments. Today's guest is Jakeem Jackson-Bell, the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Outreach Manager for the Milwaukee Bucks in the Pfizer Forum Arena. Jakeem has been recognized as one of Wisconsin's 52 most influential Black leaders and mentoring Brothers to Brothers Mentor of the Year. He is also the founder and president of Fashure Resumes and Consulting. But Jakeem is also one of Employ Milwaukee's board of directors and is someone I've had the pleasure of watching grow into a dynamic professional and community leader. So welcome to the show, Jakeem Jackson-Bell. I am so delighted that you could join us today. Yes, yes. I'm super excited. My Employ Milwaukee family, of course, I'm considered a a transplant in a sense, you know, originally being from uh, Dallas, Texas, but Milwaukee is, you know, has embraced me and, you know, the I think one of the the better opportunities why I took this, you know, job with the Milwaukee Bucks was the culture of the city and, you know, immediately wanting to hit to hit the ground running to make a positive impact in the community. And I so appreciate you. I just think about you came on shortly after I took over as the lead for Employment Milwaukee back, I say, when the world shut down. You're not even from here, but you've come in this short amount of time and made such an impact. And I've told you on many occasions that I so appreciate your leadership on the board, your participation with Employment Milwaukee programs, especially our youth and reentry programs, which are two programs, two areas that are near and dear to my heart. And to have a board member take as much interest that you have taken into them, I want to thank you again. I know I've told you that before, but that means Mm -hmm. a lot to not only me, but to my staff as well. So I'll dive into our questions a little bit here. I'd like to start off by breaking the fourth wall, so to speak. As I mentioned in my intro, you're one of Employment Milwaukee's board members and one of the newer hires has expressed an interest in the board one day. Can you share your experience um, as an EMI board member and the importance uh, a board of directors plays in organization activities and performance? Absolutely. And I I serve on a few other boards as well and and credit, you know, the great work um, that, you know, the organizations are doing. But Employment Milwaukee is definitely my one of my top favorites, if not my top favorite, because you have a a leader like yourself that's super passionate about the work in the community and the betterment of the people that live in these communities across Milwaukee. And I think as a board member, having that opportunity to, you know, work under you know your leadership and you know everyone else on the board of directors being able to be 
passionate, you know, as well, and not just, you know, talk about a lot of these things, but it's also walking it as well and building programs and initiatives um, and being, you know, making that, you know, direct connections with people in the community where they do feel like employment Milwaukee is, you know, the heart of Milwaukee, a resource, a place that has numerous of resources that people can take advantage of. So, I feel like every day that I wake up, I'm like, I'm grateful enough to be around people that, you know, like-minded individuals that, you know, want to, you know, drive, you know, the betterment of the community. So it's been great. Yeah, and I'm going to go off script a little bit because, you know, as you mentioned about being a part of the board, you shared in an opportunity because it's one thing to be about the work in words and in presentations, but to be entrenched in the work. And you participated in one of our re-entry simulations where, People spend a day in the life of a person who's coming out of incarceration or who has a criminal justice involvement on their background. And, you know, our whole hope in the work and stuff we do here at Employ Milwaukee is that people can understand where the passion comes from by being a part of, you may not have the lived experiences, but if you can participate. Mm-hmm. And I know, um, I don't know if you're open to sharing that, but your participation actually sparked internal conversations at the Bucks organization about being a part of the solution, just based on participating in some of that. Yeah, absolutely. When when I first heard about the opportunity to be a part of the simulation is something that I've never even heard of. I don't, I'm not sure who else is doing it, but it definitely should be, uh, you know, nationwide um, for people to go through, especially people who are making hiring decisions and people who have uh, the power to drive for change. So I've, you know, been a part of the simulation on both sides as someone who, um, who was formerly incarcerated and being able to, you know, what does that first week, you know, that first, you know, month uh, looks like. Uh, and then also being on the uh, community resource side, you know, a part of the simulation as well, uh, which is was very interesting. And it was definitely life changing um, as well. And, you know, I brought that back to my organization, which prompted us to build the partnership with the Community Reintegration Center to build a program for individuals impacted by the justice system and getting ahead of um, how do we, you know, support these individuals before they are released, you know, back into, you know, um, you know, regular society um, in general. And these are our cohort right now, you know, are great people, which we can talk about a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but that simulation, it really, you know, it was eye opening on a lot of things of what I already knew, but it was a different feeling actually like going through it step by step, getting someone's information or background is like, how do you navigate this? And how mm-hmm. do you try to overcome, you know, a lot of the barriers that people face uh, who have been impacted by the justice system uh, in general? Right. And I and I truly appreciate that because you approached it from an employer lenses. When hiring decisions are made, oftentimes hiring managers or supervisor, you know, they don't understand when people are what a person may be going through um, when they're coming and applying for a job and what, you know, they're coming with many barriers. And it's not um, an intentional thing. It's just how sometimes life is for some people and they're doing the best they can to navigate and having an understanding of that, you know, especially as we talk about worker shortages, we promote the idea of looking at folks who's coming out of incarceration as a talent pipeline. Um, who's looking for employment, because at the end of the day, you need employees and they're looking for employment. And how can we 
um, you know, as best we can, because in some situations it may or may not work, but that is a batch of people that can help fill those needs. But shifting back to your role as the diversity, equity, and inclusion manager, which part of your job is to serve and amplify the voices of those who are far too often overlooked, especially our returning citizens. So continuing to riff on this conversation, can we talk about the rotational program you introduced to the Pfizer in a time when um, you kind of mentioned it a little bit, but can you expand upon it, especially as we're looking at lifting up the voices of individuals who's coming out of incarceration? What inspires your interest in serving this population and how, you know, when you were selling the program to you know, because you have to sell it because you got to get others at your organization to buy into what it is you're promoting. What was that thing that you said to them that was convincing? And, you know, what has been the feedback since you guys have started the pilot? Yeah, if if I could rewind back to 2021 when I was actually interviewing for my role. So it was something that the organization wanted to to do, you know, to a little over two years ago. And, and that's what really sparked my interest. If okay. I'm being, you know, transparent, that was right. probably the the number one thing that stood out to me in regards to what the organization wanted to do, because I've had friends, family impacted by the justice system. You know, my um, I even shared it with the organization during my interview process that my uncle, you know, he was incarcerated for 17 years. So I was really able to go through that as a kid, visiting him, speaking with him and all the way up until he was released and seeing what that process looked like, him getting a job, you know, trying to, you know, get a car, you know, mm-hmm. uh, get permanent housing, you know, really just kind of things you know, totally different from 17 years ago, then you you kind of fast forward and it's like everything is totally different. And now, you know, you have a criminal record. So a lot of things are hard for you to, you know, opportunities and just for you to elevate in life and kind of transform, you know, and, you know, turn over a new leaf of life, but you still have um, people, you know, that stigma, like, hey, you've been incarcerated, like, I don't want to give you opportunity, or, you know, you can't do XYZ. So that, you know, I've always been passionate about how do we support people impacted by the justice system. So this opportunity has really given me the platform to be able to, you know, make a positive impact, use the, the resources that we have here, and then also have leaders on board, like I say, not just, you know, talking about it, but how do we really, you know, execute this thing? So um, it was something that the organization been wanting to do. But once I really shared, you know, that simulation uh, experience, it's like, hey, we we can't wait too much longer. Like we need to do this, you know, right now. So, um, you know, I work closely with one of my teammates, um, Quinn Otero, who's on our corporate social responsibility Mm -hmm. team. Uh, And we met a few times, you know, um, they really built out the framework of what we wanted this program to, you know, look like as an inaugural, you know, cohort. And of course, uh, it's truly been a learning experience Mm -hmm. as we continue to uh, improve the program. And then also working closely with my direct manager, uh, our the Chief Human Capital Officer Kelly uh, as well, and then Arvin on the CSR side. So you have, you have the buy-in and then also our team president, Peter Fagan, mm-hmm. our EVP of Business Ops, Raven Jemison. Like, so you have all of these, you know, leaders, executive leaders who are like, yes, we're on board, let's do it. We really took it from, you know, what we wanted to focus on, career development, you know, mental health, uh, provide them the right the right resources in the community. So really preparing them all the way up 
until you know um they are released um, from the community reintegration center uh, also known as the crc as we call it but yes it, it's, it's been great passionate work so we've been doing a great job uh, we are five months in into uh -huh. our, our cohort it's originally a six-month uh, rotational program where uh, the men are, are working in retail they're working in uh, conversion they're working uh -huh. in uh, housekeeping as well as a rotational getting that experience you know working in sports and entertainment on the back end of what a lot of people see Giannis Duncan you know uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Chris shooting uh, but they don't see all of the different moving parts so how do we bring them along to get that experience because we we know if someone see the milwaukee bucks fires a form on your resume they're like okay they right. they gave them an opportunity well, why shouldn't we give them an opportunity in general uh and we're connecting them with different resources internally uh, as well for people not only to you know, just see them working, but we've had touch points where people actually sat down with them to get to know their actual stories as well mm -hmm. in general. So it's, it's been great. And that's very uplifting and inspiring because um, having lived experiences, as you mentioned, your uncle, I have family members as well, close uncles, cousins, who's been a part of that. And so to see you know, an individual now and see when a person is trying and the door is constantly slamming in their face about getting an opportunity, it does take away the zest. You know, some people push forward, but, you know, the thing that I can truly say, I'm born and raised here in the city of Milwaukee, you know, under this new leadership of the Bucks and everything that Peter has brought and all the other um, owners and members of the team, it's been awesome for the city. You know, I've had the opportunities to talk with Peter directly. But again, I bring this back to you because a person who's not from here to be so committed to what happens here. And when we talk about mentor, like that's the thing that you came in the door saying from day one. I Let me talk to some kids so you don't just talk about it. You're being about it in this community that you wasn't born and raised in this community, but you committed yourself to the Bucks and you committed yourself to Milwaukee. And I know I've benefited from both having direct and indirect mentors in my life, but can you speak to the importance of mentorship? Because I know in my first conversations with you, you talked about that. And especially in Milwaukee, where it seems we hear more about the negative influences of our community. Why is mentorship so important to you and why are you committed to mentorship? Yes, I, I've been committed to mentorship, you know, specifically for the youth for a very long time. You know, I think here in Milwaukee, like I, I attended my second um, career fair uh, in partnership with the Milwaukee Public Schools for juniors and seniors mm -hmm. in high schools. And I'm always in awe because these students, the youth, they're, they're so great. They're so passionate. They're smart. And I was speaking with people and it's like the only thing that they need is mentorship, some guidance, some some advice to help push them to a new level, figure out, you know, what do you want to you know, do with your life, whether that's going to college, whether that's going to uh, serving in the military, whether that's going, you know, picking up a trade, you know, going, you know, hitting the workforce. Like, how do we you know, provide you the right resources? How do we provide you the essential tools in order to be great? So that's something that, you know, I'm extremely passionate about. And here in Milwaukee, just, you know, I'm always dedicated. You know, I give my personal cell number to a lot of these students and they do text. They do email me, you know, uh, which, you know, I really uh, enjoy with mentorship. So I just try to spread the message of everyone 
I think we we hold a duty, especially, you know, we just have the same thing as the the simulation. It's like you have to put yourself in the shoes of when you were younger. And it's like, man, I wish somebody would have, you know, just given me this, you know, advice, uh, you know, uh, kind of took me under their wing and kind of molded me into, you know, help me be what I want to be uh, in life. So people, you know, done it for me. I have mentors, several uh, mentors who have helped me uh, along the way. You know, I'm not just sitting here basically just because of myself, but right. it was a true mentorship of people uh, giving me the right advice, connecting me with the right people. And it has taken me a long way. So I just try to pay it forward and to do the same for those youth, because I know that's a huge difference maker, especially coming from, you know, where I come from of where, you know, opportunities are not just given to you. And it's like, we have the talent, but we don't, we're not necessarily getting the right exposure to, um, you know, people and, you know, different environments. That's really the difference maker. So right. it's like, how do I uh, use this platform? How do I use my resources? How do I use my network uh, to help these youth get to the next level? And I so appreciate you because you you brought up a key point about exposure. Our young people, to me, don't thrive because they're not exposed to enough opportunities. When you expose them to enough opportunities, then they have the tendency to see what's possible. Um, you know, and as we bring this podcast to a close, because I could talk to you, Jakeem, all day long <laughs> because, you know, we, we have some of the same interests. But you know, I appreciate your insights and all that you've shared with our group today. And I may loop back around and bring you on the show toward the end of the year to get an, some idea great. of That'd some things great. that you've done. <laughs> but I always ask my listeners this before we close. If this was your last time on earth, what would you want the legacy of Jakeem Jackson Bell to be? What would you want people to know your legacy to be? Ooh, that's a great question. Uh, my legacy. Um just being able to, um, you know, I, I have this this um, notion of just being a light, you know, whether I'm, you know, how many people am I impacting? How am I um, using, you know, the, the platform, my resources uh, to help someone uh, in general? I think, you know, whether that's sharing knowledge, whether that's connecting someone, you know, to someone that can help them, like how am I just being a, a light in general. Um, but I just want my legacy to be that I, I always help other people. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, you know, brought a lot of positive and energy to the table um, and, you know, just going above and beyond. Um, and I think that's really just my purpose in general to help people. And I so appreciate that because we were born to serve, um, helping people. That's how the world goes around is, is the ability to help. So I'll, I'm going to bring our podcast to a conclusion. I appreciate you taking the time and yeah. go Bucks. And by the time we loop back around <laughs> to do this again, we'll be talking championship number two. Yes, championship. <laughs> championship. You know, we so look great. So again, we can do it. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Workforce Insights with Employ Milwaukee, where helping people live their best life is our business. Be sure to like, share, or subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about Employ Milwaukee, check out our website at www.employmilwaukee.org. That's www.employmilwaukee.org. Until next time, be safe, be brilliant, and give it your all.